This is episode 38, Essentialism, giving you permission to do less but better. Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I am a social media marketer, writer, and a mom to three boys, ages four, two, and one. And I'm Tara Lynn Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids, ages 10, eight, five, and two. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. This week, I have a high five, and that is fall is coming. Oh, blessed fall. And I, I mean, I've mentioned to you guys before, I love all seasons. Pretty much every season that's happening, I feel like, is my favorite season. But fall is extra, extra. Because for me, you guys know, I do need a little bit slower pace. <laughs> and sometimes at the end of summer, I start feeling a little bit overfund. Yeah. <laughs> That's a word. Tapped. That isn't a word for any of my family. <laughs> Nobody in my family gets overfund except for me. But um, I, anyway, I love fall. I feel, I think it's the time of year that I feel the most energy. I feel like an upswing of energy. Mm-hmm. I think. I start jiving in the groove of the schedule that comes with the fall. Mm-hmm. Also, it's just a little cooler. So we're still able to like swim at my aunt's house, which we love. Mm-hmm. But I'm also able to, I mean, I take my kids in the mountains all the time in the summer, winter, every season. But the fall is my favorite time to take them into the mountains because the leaves are going to start turning soon and it's not quite so hot. So we can spend like a whole afternoon there yeah. without feeling like we're going to perish. Yeah. And I mean, I have, I do mountain week with my kids, which is going to be coming up soon. Um, when all the leaves start turning and we just go, we'll spend a whole day literally like at the top of the mountain and it's mm-hmm. so, so fun. So I am just pumped about fall and there's all the excitement of the future holidays that haven't even come yet. It's yes. just, oh, I just, and ski season. There, I mean, there's just so many things about, I'm feeling that buzz of energy right mm-hmm. now and I'm like relishing in it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't feel like this time of year I have to like muster up energy. It just comes flowing and I love it. Yes. I've always... I would say late summer when it turns into fall is my favorite season, but you can't really categorize that as a season because it's like two weeks. So you get grouchy because it it passes so fast. (laughs) But that is my favorite time of the year. Which is kind of now. It's just a little cooler, but we can still swim. It's a good good place. It's still still sunny and nice. And I do like when you can feel that little chill in the air air in the mornings. Yes, and you can kind of smell it a little bit. Yeah, it's my favorite. Love it. Okay, so my I have a... Face palm today. I feel like I have a lot of face palms that can be high fives if you turn them around. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> I'm making this whole thing up. But my face palm today is so last episode we talked about that we were doing a digital detox. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I would highly recommend listening to it. Not because we are so great, even though we are just kidding. <laughs> we <laughs> just that book is so good, Digital Minimalism. And basically the whole concept is just to rethink your tech screen use and um, think about how it's like controlling your life and what you're doing every single day. So and making it work for you. Right. Instead of you working for it. Right. Exactly. And so when I was doing this digital minimalism, digital detox, I, I noticed that I was starting, there was this empty space, this white space where I was feeling a little 
what's the right word? I don't want to use like anxious because that when you have anxiety, that's like a real strong thing. So it wasn't, yeah, it was like a little just like jittery, like what am I doing now then almost like a, yeah, you know, like a shifting like, uh. and so I noticed that that creating that space, that white space in my life, I was so used to just having it filled with thinking about other information. So like just random stuff putting into my brain that I wasn't really uh, used to as much pondering as I was doing or just like Mm -hmm. sitting and thinking. The solitude. Yes, the solitude. Unaccustomed (laughs) to the solitude. And I think that comes with certain, so I'm definitely more of like a doer personality. So I was thinking combo, it was a combo of that and the detox. So some people might do the detox and just feel like, my husband Parker, he doesn't even, he didn't really even notice that. Even though he was, he did have some like habitual tendencies with screens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He didn't really notice like the, it pondering comes more naturally mm-hmm. to him, just yes. like sitting. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm more similar to him. And the, yeah. the habit was still there to pull mm-hmm. up my phone, mm-hmm. but I like relish in solitude. It's yeah. like a good yeah. natural state for uh-huh. me. So I noticed like the walking. So I'm just more of like a moving person. Like mm-hmm. I'm all I'm always like picking something up or cleaning something. That's more my natural like energy level. Mm-hmm. And so I I was used to having just like something to like do mm-hmm. with my hands. Yes. <laughs> it was like that part of it. So the reason I'm telling you I think that's totally normal though, as you're saying that. Yeah. From from what I've read, I mean I think almost everybody goes through a, they say it lasts about two weeks, but yeah. it sounds like yours a little less than that, but yeah. a literal, like kind of a jittery feeling mm-hmm. for two weeks. Yeah. So I realized something that it made me realize was, okay, I have all this more time to think. And then I started, that's when I text Harlan and I was like, I think we need to do our next episode on this book that we have both read in the past, but we reread and kind of refreshed our memory on it and it's a book called essentialism and i just thought we have to review this book because we now have in this digital detox we now have all this white space (laughs) all this free time to take a look at how what we're doing every day and are we living true to what we feel like is essential to our big picture for our life so we have all this solitude and when you're finding that solitude um the key is to use that time to um gain wisdom intelligence about your life so you're asking yourself yourself these big questions and you're gaining this mental clarity and i thought this is a per- perfect time to discover what my my essentials are for my life because i have all this space to do it so the book Essentialism is by Greg McEwen. I hope I'm saying that right. That sounds good. Um, and basically what he talks about is how our society has kind of gotten trapped in a busyness bubble. So you ask someone, how are you? And it's always, you know, it used to be more, I'm fine, but now it's more like, I'm so busy. But it's like almost like a badge of honor, like we're praised for being busy mm-hmm. or being busy means you're successful a status symbol really yeah totally and he is pushing back against that so he's questioning that status quo and saying 
um, really you can do a lot less, but better. So you can distill down what are my essential things? What are my big picture things for my life? And I'm going to cut out or say no to the other things that are taking away from the essentials. Mm -hmm. I love that. And can I just put in something about Felicia here that I love it? And the reason why I'm sharing this is that Felicia and I obviously are different people. And when we've been doing this digital detox that we talked about on our last episode, it's affected us both differently, but that it works for all different mm -hmm. personalities. Like Felicia and I, if we were to sit and clean out two fridges, like side by side, Felicia would literally be done in a 10th of the time with me. <laughs> I think I'm like a sloth sometimes. <laughs> Like, I'm just a slow mover. Sometimes I get daydreaming and I'll like stop and just hold still, you know. And Felicia, it's incredible. I mean, it's quite Aww. amazing. But she doesn't do it in like a, it's not like a stressed vibe. It's just this quick, effective <laughs> way that she does things. And I'm like still like trying to find where the bowl goes, you know. It's kind of embarrassing sometimes for me. But anyway, what but I'm saying is. But it attributes to your solitude though. <laughs> thing is this digital detox and finding solitude in our lives has worked really great for mm -hmm. both of us mm -hmm. and so I, I really honestly think whatever your energy yeah. or personality type is mm -hmm. there's a lot of benefit here for it I think so too so okay so essentialism itself when I first read this book oh my heavens I love it because I think I've told you guys before that I'm a wannabe minimalist but I'm not a minimalist <laughs> at all <laughs> I just like read minimalist books and I like like the idea <laughs> I flirt, I flirt with minimalism, um, but I don't actually do it. And, uh, <laughs> but one day, anyway. Do any of us really. But essentialism, I love, when I first read this, I was like, yes, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. This is what I want to be my, like, like my part minimalism. of me. Yeah. Essentialism, because it isn't simply getting rid of things. It's, it's eliminating things to focus on what's mm -hmm. most important. Yeah. So, and it's the idea that we can't do it all. It, the question is, who is going to choose what we do? Mm -hmm. And we want to choose what we do, mm -hmm. not have other people. And another thing, probably one of the biggest tickets away from the book Essentialism that I got that really influenced my, actually my life a ton when I read it. What was this, like a year or two ago that yeah. we read it? I don't even know. Mm -hmm. But um, he talks about the word priority, that that has always been, until the last few hundred years, has just meant one. It's only been singular. Mm -hmm. One priority. Mm -hmm. And then a few hundred years ago, they changed it to plural. And since then now, you know, in business, you can say I have these 10 priorities. <laughs> and his whole <laughs> argument is for over a thousand years, it was singular. It is difficult for us to have many priorities. Mm -hmm. The more priorities you have, the less well you're able to do those priorities. Yep. So he suggests bringing your priorities, first of all, limiting them so they're a smaller amount. And this, I love this. If you guys are into business, this book is so awesome because it applies to our life and to businesses. Yeah. Um, but for me, the, another thing, so say I have my priorities that are 10 and I limit them down to my top three, you know, God, my family, and maybe... Health. Health, yeah. What? And this is difficult for me because again, I, I actually <laughs> had a lot of priorities. <laughs> Bring them down. But the key is not only limit them to what, what are your true, true priorities, but then you actually have to put them in order. Mm -hmm. So, and then the beauty of this is when anytime you have two priorities that are conflicting, you've already decided in your mind which one is first. Mm -hmm. So he gives an example of uh, Stephen Covey, who has written, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. His daughter tells a story of this time where they were in San Francisco and she was like 11 or something. And 
they had had this whole, he had been speaking and they had been planning for like months to do this fun night together that involved all these things that an 11 year old would love to do. And at the end of his talk, you know, this guy comes up to her dad and says, oh, I haven't seen you for so long. They're old friends. And he's like, how about I take you and your daughter to this nice dinner? And her dad looked at her and said, I would love to do that, but I already have made plans with my daughter. Mm -hmm. And they went off and did all the fun 11-year-old things. And she said for him, it wasn't even like a decision because for him, he had already chosen. Even though friends are super important and Mm -hmm. wonderful, it isn't that that's not a priority, but it's that for him, his daughter was above. Family Mm -hmm. was above that. Mm -hmm. So when those two priorities collide, you don't even have to make a decision about it because you've already decided. Right. So that has been super helpful for me when I actually put my prior, my smaller amount of priorities in order. Mm-hmm. It helps me so much because there mm-hmm. are times, there are times where a church thing is going to collide with a family thing, or there are times where a awesome work thing is going to collide with something you have with your friends. Mm-hmm. And if you've already decided ahead of time, which one of those you've mm-hmm. already tiered them, mm-hmm. it helps a lot. So that, yeah. that has been a huge take home for me of essentialism. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important to look at why, why we do anything. And we've talked a little bit about questioning that when you're making a decision, like why, 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 and getting to the bottom of it. Um, But that is the core of this book is that um, having true intelligence, true wisdom about yourself and your life and going back to your instincts so you're not trying to be anyone else or keep up with anyone else um it's really what works for you and trusting in your gut after you've analyzed in your solitude (laughs) we're adding that part in um and i i was thinking about this concept in when I was thinking about the rise in the rates of like anxiety and depression that we've talked about when we're having this like influx of additional knowledge from the outside and social media and all of this. And it just made me think, so if I'm filling my life with all these things that other people are deeming important and filling my brain with the expectation that I will be like these other people or whatever, then of course I'm going to be anxious because it's not my true self. Of course I'm going to be depressed because I can't do it all. So I love the idea of essentialism that it's filling your life with things that are you. So you've, you've taken this time to be like, okay, this X, my family is the most important thing and this is how I'm going to get there. And you can really be yourself. And, and so I was further thinking about this with parenting and when we're saying yes, other people are running our agenda. So we're saying, yes, I will bring fresh break cookies to the class three days a week that my kid is in. And yes, I'll also do that at work on the side. And while everybody else is like doing CrossFit five times a week. So yeah, I'm going to do that because I feel like everybody's doing that. So I need to keep up with that. And Oh, our kitchen, like everybody's kitchens are white now. So I'm going to like sand and repaint my cabinet. So like I'm taking all this outside input. It's no wonder that we're feeling totally um, reactive with the people around us, reactive with our kids. Like I was thinking about the days that I feel like back to back to back with stuff to do that I have no choice over. Mm -hmm. I'm way more like just like (laughs) fight or flight. I'm just like done with everyone 
So I love the idea that if I can create these essentials and then say, say no to other things or spread them out more and have that mental space, I'm just going to be a better person and mm-hmm. parent. I totally, I totally agree with that 100%. Lao Tzu said, to gain knowledge, add things every day. To gain wisdom, subtract them. And we live in a world where love there's that. so many amazing things. I think it's a good thing that we have so many choices of mm-hmm. activities and wonderful mm-hmm. things. But I think where we really start living to our true self requires some taking away. Mm-hmm. For I sure. agree. Okay, we're going to take a little break and then we're going to come back and talk about the process of getting to your essentials. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so to implement the concept of essentialism, we have narrowed it down to a few of the things that we found to be the most effective in our own lives. The first one is to just try on a few different mindset swaps in your mind. Sometimes it's just a matter of reframing that really helps me a lot. Mm -hmm. So if you can think in your mind to, I have to do this, it's all important, or I can do both or everything. I have a tendency to do that. I am totally, he actually describes in the book people who think I can make it to this and this, even though they overlap. I do that. I totally do that because I want to do, I want to do it all. And Mm -hmm. so I just like, oh yeah, I'm sure I can squeeze both those things in, Mm -hmm. but I end up being late to one or whatever or, or being rushed and not present. So those are things that we often, and the thing that, the thing that goes along with those kind of statements is sometimes it makes us feel like we don't even have a choice. We just Mm -hmm. have to do everything. But I think one of the beauties of essentialism is that everything is a choice. Mm -hmm. And so if you can switch that mindset to things like I choose to, Mm -hmm. or I only have a, or only a few things matter. And then the third one is I can do anything but not everything. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of really being realistic <laughs> in that we can do anything. The choice is there. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've actually found liberation in my own life just by saying things like changing it from I didn't have time to do that today to I didn't choose to make time for that today. Yeah. Because it just keeps it the ownership with me. It mm-hmm. is a choice. I didn't mm-hmm. make time to do that thing. Mm-hmm. And it was a choice. Mm-hmm. And whether I regret that choice or not is uh-huh. another item. Uh-huh. But I'm going to retain the ownership of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really helpful. And I also think it takes away the whole idea of FOMO, like, mm-hmm. but if other people are doing it, I need to be doing it. Mm-hmm. And if you can just say, you know what? No. In fact, I read an article a little while ago about the joy of missing out. Yeah. Where is that from? We both read it. Yeah. Ariana, Ariana Huffington talks about JOMO and a few other people, but. But just that it's a deliberate choice and I'm just so choosing good. what I find yeah. to be most important to yeah. me. And that's okay. Uh-huh. You don't have to do. Well, not only do you not have to do everything, you can't. You choose to. Yeah. And you can't do everything. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I love those mindset swaps just for if you're going about your day and <coughs> thinking, well, I have to do that. Just if you can swap that, swap that in your mind too. I can choose this 
but it will take the place of something else. Yes. I think it's really freeing. I agree. And in the book, um, Present Over Perfect, she Mm -hmm. actually says, and I I think this is a good, anytime I find myself saying this thing in my mind, I think this is a key I need to reevaluate my life. Mm -hmm. She says, she had so many things going on that she's like, if somebody, I almost just want to hand my life over to somebody else because it's not manageable and I want to say, good luck. Mm -hmm. Like, who... (laughs) Who can manage this? Who can who can do all these things that I have mm-hmm. going? And it was like a wake up for her. And there's been a few, it still happens where I'll think to myself, I can't manage this How? anymore. Like yeah. I've set this, these balls are rolling and I can't yeah. keep up with it. And it's always a trigger to me of, mm-hmm. okay, clearly I need to pare down. Mm-hmm. Because if I feel like I just want somebody to take this over yeah. and good luck, yeah. <laughs> then maybe it's time to pare down a little bit. Right. Anyway. And I think it's mothers women a lot like we have all these spinning plates Mm -hmm. and so to really narrow that down to what is the most important i think a really big game changer yeah okay so another tip for um creating a life that you can be an essentialist is to be integrated not binary so this is a um This is actually a concept that I learned from Brene Brown. So not actually in the essentialist book, but I thought it fit perfectly. And he does talk about this concept. And that is that. So being a binary person, I like to think of this as like a piece of paper with black and white lines like going across it. So binary is like um, one minute. So someone says, hey, we're having a... PTA meeting, can you come and bring like cookies to share with everyone? So a binary person in that moment is like, yes, but then gets to the white line. So their sep- their personality is separated. And then they're like to their friend, oh my gosh, like I have to bring, I have to bring cookies to the PTA and I have to go. It's something I don't want to. And, uh, and I'm so stressed. And so complaining so it's like flip-flopping between like committing to something but then complaining about it or not wanting to do it so the challenge is to be more integrated and i just love that word really it's just being showing your true self being who you are up front so being integrated is so someone asks you, can you bring cookies to the PTA meeting at this time? So it's, wow, thank you for thinking of me. That sounds like that's going to be a great meeting. I don't have the time to come. So it's up front. You do have that little bit of a feeling of like, oh, that sounds like, wow, that's a great thing. But no. So it's, or sometimes it's, but yes, but I can only, I can't bring the treat, but I can come for this amount of time or whatever it is. But it's living your life where you're presenting your true self up front and being honest with yourself so that you can say yes or say no um, without resentment, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he used the word bandwidth, which I really like. I think mm-hmm. I'm going to use that. I, I love that. Thank you for asking me. I don't have the bandwidth for that right mm-hmm. now. And he also, and he's not the only one who said this. I read it in many books, but that perhaps, and what you're saying is, that it should be either a heck yes mm-hmm. or a thank you, but no, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think, and there are, th- and I also want to point out that that doesn't mean that everything we ever do in our life are things that we're so pumped about. There are times right. that we simply choose to do. In fact, 
some service I'm pumped about mm-hmm. and some service I'm doing because I want to add that value, not right. because it's something that I'm like, oh, I love mm-hmm. volunteering at this place or helping mm-hmm. these kids learn how to read, although mm-hmm. it is rewarding. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But sometimes it is just I'm making a choice because I find value in it. But I found, but I find value and I make that choice when I'm at home well, and when I'm with the person who's asking me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think that idea of if we're feeling like the one way with the person and then when we go home, we're like, oh, why did I say yes? Yes. That's the feeling that creates resentment and right. and a sense of, I actually think it starts to lead to a sense of emptiness on the inside. Like we're just giving, giving and we're empty. Yep. And that's not a yep. healthy place to be. Yep. And I think that's, I mean, we've talked about our, our miracle morning process 10 million times. You guys were like, shut up about it. But, um, I was thinking about the miracle morning when it comes to essentialism. And if you have, if you're creating that little bit of space in your miracle morning to really be visualizing, and we're going to talk about it in a second on the process, but it's huge to figuring out what in this day should I commit to? Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're going to run through, um, Greg McCune's process for figuring out your essentials and then we're going to talk a little bit about how we do it. So basically he does um, a quarterly, he calls it a quarterly offsite, but it's a quarterly planning meeting with, he calls it in quotes, your design partner. So if it's you and your spouse, that's great. If it's just alone, like you feel like you'd rather figure out your essentials alone, you can do that. Or if you're doing this for your business, it would be like with your business partner. And he encourages this quarterly offsite to be in nature, free from distractions or people asking you to do stuff. And um, also kind of without a lot of knowledge input. So if you are taking like a day or two to do this quarterly offsite and really ponder to bring entertainment that's not um super stimulating so he's like classic literature stuff like that Mm -hmm. so quarterly you're going to be planning um pondering thinking about your big picture essentials for your life and Terilyn and i both have talked about the idea of having around three or four essential things like we feel like that's a good number but really you could come up priorities with in your life priorities yeah yeah, yeah. priority <laughs> you can come up with your number that feels good but that feels good to us mm-hmm. um and something with the whole idea of the quarterly planning i just want so he says to go away which i love the idea of that um and so felicia and i are just going to kind of insert what we do in our own life that goes along with what he says but mm-hmm. that works for us and you just mm-hmm. find out what works for you but for me and my husband we go once a year offsite mm-hmm. with our kids though and we just go we sleep over one night at the same hotel and it's pretty close by mm-hmm. we go in january and it's so fun my kids look forward to it and we sit down and we like talk about our goals and mm-hmm. what's important to us for that year and we write them down and then it's fun because in the next year we always make sure we bring our last years with us mm-hmm. but then for quarterly my husband my husband i love this he actually brought us we did our our last quarterly one just a couple weeks ago and so, you know, we do September and then in January we'll have our actually like going somewhere. But he just took us to his office. And so we didn't like have to go get a hotel or anything for this. Mm-hmm. But this is a fun way to do it. So it's somewhere different than our house. And he just had a big whiteboard and he gave us each different color of post-it notes. Mm-hmm. And then we could only choose. We had three categories. It was physical, mental and spiritual. 
and we could only choose one goal. And it had to be a SMART goal, which if you want to look up what SMART goals are, <laughs> go for it. You know, they have to be specific and measurable and attainable and have a specific timeline. And so, um, so, and it was actually hard to narrow it down to just one because mm -hmm. I have all my goals written down, but it's multiple in each of those categories. Mm -hmm. But it was, no, we only can write the one thing. And it was very measurable. And it was so fun to see what my kids came up with. It probably took us maybe an hour total. Mm -hmm. And then we took a picture of the whole board. So, you know, all the aqua ones were mine mm -hmm. and all the blue ones were my daughter's. You know, it's fun to see like that. And then we're going to do it. And the nice thing about the... The nice thing about the quarterly concept is that our brains, a quarter doesn't seem that long. Yeah. So it's like I can practice, like mine is mm -hmm. to get a one minute handstand hold physically, mm -hmm. right? But to do that, like I, it's easy for me to practice knowing that I'm focusing on it for three months. Right. You know what I mean? And it may be a goal, like my spiritual goal is actually a goal I have for the whole year, but I'm You're focusing, focusing on, on it a quarter at a time. And it feels different to our brains, I think, when we're focusing on it for just a quarter mm -hmm. at a time. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's just a way of taking... Greg McEwen's quarterly planning offsite, and that's just an option that we do that's a little easier, mm -hmm. but maybe a little more accessible for some people. Mm -hmm. that, and again, you take it and do whatever you want. Yeah, but it and it's whatever us. your style. It might be like put the kids to bed, and instead of watching a show, you do yes. your planning for you the use quarter. Your digital detox time yes. <laughs> to do a quarterly planning. Yes. Schedule that in. Okay, so then after quarterly planning, you each week, so for Parker and I, we do this on Sunday nights and we distill down to what, I mean, we talk over our schedule, but then what are like, of our big picture things, so say our one of our big picture thing is like um, time together free from distractions or whatever this quarter. I don't even know, I'm making this up. So then weekly, we distill down to, okay, so on Wednesday, we could take the boys fishing and like leave our phones at home for our, our fun thing or whatever. Mm. So it's like weekly you distill down to things that will help you um, accomplish that essential. Or it's looking at the weekend saying, man, Monday is like booked. What of these things aren't um, contributing to our essential goals mm. that we can just take those out yeah. and just say no. Cause sometimes looking at our schedule, it shows where our priorities are. Totally. In fact, if you look at your schedule and your budget, those two things. Oh yeah. If they're if where you're spending your time doesn't line up with your priorities, <laughs> then that's a good. What, your planning time is Indicator. a good time to look to be like, you know what, we might want to do some rethinking here because yeah, clearly we're saying we want we're this. saying we want this, but we're spending money on this, or we're saying we want this, but look at where all our time is, and that's mm -hmm. not where this most important thing is. Mm -hmm. So it's a good yep. time for that. Agreed. And then <clears throat> Greg says to do daily planning, and taking time to in your schedule physically um scheduling in that quiet time to for reflection so scheduling in that white space i love that word for it because if you like picture your planner it's like nothing yes. right here i like that too <laughs> um and so this is where i want to talk about miracle morning i think in daily planning if you can have in your miracle morning incorporated um writing rewriting those goals visualizing yourself doing um your affirmations mm -hmm. and then designing your day with intention towards these essentials i just think that's the perfect time you have your meditation in there and your reflection to just set up your day for success towards mm -hmm. your essentials yeah and 
if you want to re-listen. I mean, we have several episodes about mornings yeah. to scroll through. <laughs> but honestly, I think that's like the biggest tip in the, our whole life. Really in this is. book, he actually talks about how Michael Phelps uses visualization before going to bed. And in the morning, his coach calls it play the tape mm. in his mind. Mm. So when you're wanting something, you're going for a goal or you have a priority that you're really focusing on, if you can focus on it before bed and in the morning. Mm -hmm. So great. And if you have a habit... It, it becomes a habit. So if you have a habit of Miracle Morning, once it's in there and you're spending that time, mm -hmm. the habit's already there and you're using it to create this amazing life that's super, super powerful. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you just apply it to just athletes, it's fan it's fascinating to me how, I mean, you can, athletes who achieve so much, it usually comes down to, they have these specific habits mm -hmm. that include visualization space to get them there, so. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so the other two steps that he talks about are letting go of things in the way of these essentials, which we talked about when you're looking forward, you can take those things out. And then also creating a system that helps you uphold the essentials. And that system is the quarterly, weekly, and especially the daily <coughs> planning so that you're always focusing on those. Mm -hmm. I love that. So our try this or not for this week is carve some space you can do it in your morning time or you can start your morning time you can start the digital detox we talked about last week to give yourself some space but somehow create some space and do it alone or with your design partner think of your top four priorities in your life top four so and then put them actually in order so you know family friends god health work whatever those things are take them narrow it down to four put them in order and if, you know or three whatever mm -hmm. whatever you're mm -hmm. however small you can make that list and then put them in order and then specifically try out the habit of a quarterly design priority analyzing mm -hmm. a weekly one and then a daily just looking at your day carving out space for yourself through solitude and really connecting in with who you truly are. I think when we spend that time specifically with meditation, for me, when I spend that time connecting in with myself, it actually makes me a lot uh, more able to be true to myself during the day. I can feel, because I've taken some time to be in tune with myself, if somebody asks me to do something that isn't really in line with something that I'm feeling like I am able to do, it's easier for me to be clear about that when, mm -hmm. I've already, when I'm rooted inside myself. Yep. Does that make sense? Yep, I agree. All right, guys, let's find the magic. <coughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> Brown cows. <laughs>